Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. It's a joy and a delight to be here today. I'm humbled and honored to stand behind God's sacred desk today and to declare your word. This is not a new spot for me, but it's been a while. And I'm grateful. I'm glad that Pastor Lloyd and Ryan could be away. And I'm glad I could fill in on their behalf. This morning, we're going to look at the question, who is my neighbor? And I would like to have you turn with me to Luke chapter 10 beginning at verse 25 through 37. And please stand if you're able to. If not, you can, can sit. And this is the account of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. <clears throat> the priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go 
and do likewise. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word today. Thank you for the great privilege we have to be here and to hear your word and to fellowship with one another. Holy Spirit, today I ask that you would be our teacher, that you would lead and guide and direct us into all truth because your word is truth. And Lord, today, I pray that you'd open our minds and our hearts to be receptive to your word. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint me to declare your word. And Lord, in the name and in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind Satan today so your word and spirit might have free movement in this place. And all glory and honor and praise belongs to you, dear Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen may be seated. As I was thinking about this text and been meditating on it for some time, I was reminded of what it says over in Matthew chapter 20. It's a story of the mother of James and John asking Jesus if one could sit on the right and one on the left of Jesus in the kingdom. And uh, God says, or Jesus said to him, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink, he said. And Jesus said, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit on the right or the left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. And when the, t and he, the ten, the other disciples other than James and John, when they heard this, they became indignant. And there was a stirring up going on among the disciples. And Jesus, in his wisdom, called them together. And this is what he said to them. You know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. <coughs> Excuse me. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And this scripture tells us if you want to be great in God's kingdom, be a servant. Don't look to be served. If you come here on Sunday mornings and you think you're to be served, you better look at your heart. You're called to be servants of the Most High God. And then we come to this account of the Good Samaritan. 
And it says an expert of the law tried to test Jesus. And he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what is written in the law and how do you read it? You're an expert in the law. And his response was, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus commended him and said, he answered correctly and told him to do this and you will live. But the expert wanted to justify himself. And he asked, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Jesus told them this account of the Good Samaritan. Now a Samaritan was a native of Samaria and one ready and generous to help in those helping those in distress. However, the Jewish interpretation of neighbor excludes Samaritans and Gentiles. They're not their neighbor. The Samaritan were called half-breeds. They were Jewish and Samaritan. At the time of the captivity to Assyria, the Samaritans didn't go into captivity even though they were part Jewish. Isn't that amazing? They were spared from the captivity. And then it says a certain man, a Jew, a Jew. He was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, which was about 19 miles. 19 miles. This road was rocky and desolate. It was notorious for having thieves and robbers at that time and for ages afterwards, and it's still the same today. This Jew fell into the hands of robbers. It says they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and they went away and left the man half dead. The man was left there naked, people. It was a horrible sight. And here comes the priest. Now the priest was probably on his way home. He had finished his duties in the temple and he was off for a few days from temple duty. And it says, he came to the man, he didn't even look at him. And he passed by on the other side. 
It didn't even move him to help. And the Levi, Levite, traveled down the same road. He saw him, and he came and looked at him, and he passed by on the other side. And didn't do a thing. Sometimes we want to do the same when we see people like this, people. We're more like the priests and the Levite than we think we are. Interesting. The Levite had probably finished his duty at the temple as well. He was the one that would prepare the morning and the evening sacrifices. He'd kill the animals and get them ready for the sacrifice. And his duty was over that day and he was probably headed home. Contrary to the law which required the opposite treatment. Listen to this, Deuteronomy 22.4. If you see my brother's donkey or his ox fallen on the road, do not ignore it, but help him get it on its feet. Exodus 23, verses 4 and 5 also states, If you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to take it back to him. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down under its load, do not leave it there. Be sure you help him with it. And then compare that to Isaiah 58 verse 7. And it says, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him? And do not turn away from your own flesh and blood. This certain man, this Jew, was lying in the road. Both the priest and the Levite disobeyed God's law. They should have known better. They should have known better because they were experts in the law. And now comes the Samaritan. The Samaritan was one who was excommunicated by the Jews, synonymous with the word heretic and devil, hated by the Jews. And he comes. First of all, what he did was inconvenient. The Samaritan traveled down the same road, saw the man, and had compassion and tears 
giving this Jew something of his very self. You know, when you're merciful and you're compassionate and you take pity on something, that all comes from your heart and you give. You give of yourself. The Samaritan could have said, he's a Jew who would not have had no dealings with him, John 4, 9. And why should I care about him? The Samaritan was going somewhere, possibly on business, and this would be very inconvenient. Sometimes it's real inconvenient to help people. I'll never forget October 1st, 1995. Chris and I were about to leave for Eastern Europe and I was going to speak to, to the Czech pastors and the pastors in the Silesian Lutheran Church over there. And I was at the office that morning trying to get all my papers in order and pack my book bag for the flight over there. And the telephone rang that morning. It was Cecil, the chief of police. He said, Dale, get over here. That's all he said. So I went over to his office and he said, Dale, there's a pair of twin boys who just lost their father in a pickup accident. And you're going to tell them the news. You know, the, the school counselor was a basket case that day. She couldn't handle it. Cecil couldn't handle it. So we went to the school, into the counselor's office, and here were these two brothers. They were in seventh or eighth grade. They were so young. Their, their father and mother were either separated or divorced at that time, and they had been living with their father. And I came into that room today, they were sitting one on this side and one on that, and I went right in the middle of them and I knelt down between their two chairs. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit who gave me the words to speak. It was inconvenient. We had to get to Minneapolis to catch our plane. But God had other things for me to do first. And I shared with those boys. I gave them my condolences. I shared some scripture with them. And I laid hands on both of them and prayed over them that day. I can remember as though it was yesterday. 
And as I was about to leave, I didn't know whether these boys had enough money to buy a meal or anything. They were on their own. They had to contact their mother, hoping they'd find her and give them some help. I took some cash out of my pocket and I gave it to those boys to help them. Let me tell you something, it's inconvenient. To help our neighbor, it might be very inconvenient. And we have people today who say, well, I don't need my neighbor. I don't talk to him. I have nothing to do with him. I got news for you people. Tomorrow morning you might need your neighbor when you fall or when you get sick or whatever happens, you might need that neighbor very, very much. It was inconvenient. Second, it was messy. The Samaritan used his own wine and his own oil, and he probably tore up some clothes of his to make a bandage, and he probably gave some of his clothes to clothe this man. He was a mess. The wine was used to cleanse the wound. The oil was used to soothe the pain. And then he bandaged him up. I tell you, he was a mess. He was a bloody mess. Maybe the poor Samaritan's stomach was a little squeezy too, huh? I don't know. And it says he was beaten until he was half dead. There wasn't much life in that body. I want to ask you, have you ever changed a messy diaper? Huh? Come on. Yes. They're messy and they stink. And I want you to know that somebody has to clean up that baby. Right? Yeah, and then that baby won't cry anymore. And he'll be happy because he's got a dry diaper. I'm so thankful that somebody changed my diapers 67 years ago. And I've had to do likewise. 
Things get messy sometimes in life. The third thing, it was costly. Costly. The Samaritan put the Jew on his own beast and he had to walk. I don't know how far he had to walk, but it was costly. I don't know that this Samaritan or this merchant had to get to his to a business in a certain time. I don't know that. But it took a lot longer to put this guy on his donkey and walk alongside it than if he could have rode his own beast. Right? What a sacrifice. He took him to an inn, it says. And the next day he paid two silver coins, or two pence, which was equal to two days of labor and enough for several days of support for that man. It was costly. He had worked for his money. And he freely gave it to help this Jew. Plus, it says, when he came back, if there were any additional expenses, he would pay for them as well. You talk about a compassionate heart but it cost him quite a bit. And he didn't get any tax deduction for it. Came out of his own pocket. It was costly. Now let's relate the Good Samaritan lesson to bringing people to Christ. Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Taking time out of your schedule to help someone? It may mean we have to interrupt our busy schedule taking time to help someone. And we live in a time where we don't like to be inconvenienced. We're such selfish people today. It's all about me, myself, and I in our little comfort zone. Jesus calls us to get out of our comfort zone. And it might be very inconvenient. We have our agendas, and we want to do what we want to do. We think we're in control. We're not. 
or not. Are you willing to deal with a mess, either physically or emotionally or spiritually, getting your mind, your heart, your hands involved? Are you willing to deal with a mess? Sometimes helping people, even new Christians, can be messy. Sometimes they come with a lot of baggage like alcohol and drug addiction, marital or financial troubles, the list goes on and on, etc. And there's lots of people like that in this world we live in. We need to seek the direction of the Holy Spirit and God's word as to how to help them. Sometimes we don't know what to do. But I know for sure that the Holy Spirit will guide you if you ask him. He'll help you. Remember the words of Jesus where he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We are helpless people trying to help somebody else. Are you willing to deal with a mess? It's going to take some time. It's going to be inconvenient. Sometimes we want to stay in our own social class. Oh, we don't want to bother with those, those people over here. God forbid that we should take them into our home and help them. Who do we think we are sometimes? God is no respecter of persons. I don't care where you're at on the social level. The ground at the foot of the cross is level. And are you willing to pay the cost? Making a personal financial sacrifice? That's what the Samaritan did for the Jew. To come alongside of someone, we may have to make many personal sacrifices. We may have to buy a meal. We may have to buy groceries or clothing. We may have to pay a bill. Drive someone someplace. And it can be costly. Are you willing to pay the cost? In 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, it says, For Christ's love compels us, 
but we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We're not to live for ourselves. Do you know what? Jesus bought me at the cross. He became my Lord when I accepted him as my personal savior. My life is not my own. It belongs to Jesus. Does your life belong to Jesus? Or are you living for yourself? That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. When we become a Christian, we're not our own. We need to be as sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. Jesus asked the expert of the law, which of these three was neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert replied, the one who had mercy on him. The Samaritan. And Jesus told that expert, go and do likewise. Go and do the same thing the Samaritan did. Yesterday as we were in our men's fellowship group, a verse in Proverbs just caught my eye. And it was Proverbs 14:21. He who despises his neighbor sins. But blessed is he who is kind to the needy. He who despises his neighbor sins. Do you get that? And over in James 4:17, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. These are called sins of omission. Things that we omit to do in our lives that we should have done. I have to tell you, I have failed my Lord at times. At times I haven't been as sensitive to the Holy Spirit as I should have been. The scripture says, Dale, you sinned. How about you?
Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I beg of you today, be reconciled to Christ. Ask him to forgive your sins, sins of commission, things we do, sins of omission, the things we have omitted to do. Confess them to Jesus Christ. Ask his forgiveness. And the scripture says, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise turn away. He'll welcome you. I'm so glad he did that for me. I could tell you story after story how people have been merciful to me during these last 11 years of having liver disease. God has been so good. And people have given of themselves and it's costly. And I'm so grateful. And as I stand here today, Oh, that we would be like the Samaritan today. And people will see you as salt and light in a dying world. You are the Jesus with flesh on. And live like it, okay? Live like it. Forget about yourselves and magnify the Lord and honor him. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all to the glory of God, giving thanks to him. Everything, everything you do, do to his glory. And I want to tell you, he will bless you. He will bless you. And he will honor you because you honored him. Hallelujah. And this morning, if there's anybody that needs to talk to me, I'm more than willing to visit with anybody. We got deacons here, Cliff and Reagan, if you need to talk to us, we're here to pray with you and to listen to you. And above all, if you haven't received Christ, don't wait a minute longer, but invite him to come in and live in you. There's nothing more important in all of life than knowing and loving the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget it. Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I thank you for the Good Samaritan 
who was obedient to you, who showed mercy and compassion and pity, and who gave of himself to help somebody. Oh, the kingdom of God would grow and grow and grow if we lived like that. And Lord, I thank you for these friends today. And I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that they would grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray now. And I give you thanks, and I give you all the glory for who you are, for what you've done, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. And one thing I want to leave with you. When the Holy Spirit asks us, he said he'll give, us, give you the words to speak. But I want to tell you, you've got to hide this book in your heart so that the Holy Spirit has something to retrieve. So he can use you as his mouthpiece. Hide God's word in your heart. And watch the Holy Spirit work to his glory, to his honor. Hallelujah.